Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have found the Dale Lally Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Network. I am Dale Lally, your host, and we'll talk all things Steelers in the NFL here over the next, oh, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. And uh, up first, uh, the Steelers uh, have some uh, news this week as uh, well. Not only was Terrell Austin named their defensive uh, coordinator, not that that was unexpected, but the Steelers also naming Frisman Jackson their wide receivers coach. Uh, when Ike Hilliard was not retained. And I know a lot of people asking questions about that. Uh, what happened with that? Um, well, you know, there's just a, a disagreement in, in, you know, the direction of uh, where things were going to go. Um, the Steelers, uh, Mike Tomlin deciding to part ways with, uh, with Ike Hilliard after two seasons going with Frisman Jackson, who had been with the Carolina Panthers. Um, the interesting thing about that is, you know, usually the Steelers, will announce if a coach is not being retained. Uh, in this case, they did not. This was something that came about rather quickly. And 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 so it leads me to believe, again, that the, uh, in what I've heard, that uh, you know there was just a disagreement in, in the direction of uh, where they wanted to go with the position, how they want to handle things. Uh, obviously, the Steelers, uh, Frisman Jackson's uh, goal number one in, in 2022 should be, uh, you know, fixing Chase Claypool, getting him, um, you know, to, to become – not necessarily fixing it. Maybe that's a bad word, a bad term to, to use in this respect, but Chase Claypool has immense talent. Um, he's had some production at the NFL level. I think people look at Chase Claypool and they think that uh, somehow he's, I've heard the term bust already thrown about around about him, which is just ridiculous. Uh, you, you can't be a bust and, and put together some of the numbers that he's had. Uh, if you look at it from the 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 guys who were in that uh, 2020 uh, or 2020 draft, um, his numbers stack up pretty well with that. He was the 11th receiver taken. Remember, he had 121 catches for 1,733 yards and 11 touchdowns. Uh, his his receptions are sixth in that 2020 draft class. Remember that included guys like Justin Jefferson uh, in that class and CD Lamb and guys of that nature. Uh, his 733 receiving yards are the fourth most in that draft class, and his 11 touchdowns are tied for fourth as well. So he's not been a bust. Stop with the bust stuff already, people. Um, it, it just it, it the, the term is thrown around far too often for guys who aren't busts. You're a bust if you can't play at all. 
Uh, that's period, period. If you don't, you don't work out at all, you are a bust. If you're a starter in the NFL uh, and you're a productive starter, you're not a bust. Uh, I just, again, I've heard that thrown around too often. Like people said, Ziggy Hood uh, was a bust, the Steelers' uh, first-round draft pick in 2009. No, he wasn't. Ziggy Hood was a longtime starter in the NFL who played more than 10 seasons in the NFL. By that token, and Tyson Alualu was a bust for the for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as we've seen, Tyson Alualu is a very productive NFL player. He's not a bust. Just because he didn't become a superstar because he was drafted in the first round, um, you know, 90% of the guys drafted in the first round each year don't become superstars. 95% of the guys drafted in the second round each year don't become superstars. And you can go on down the line with that. You're not a bust if you if you if if you last, you know, more than three or four seasons in the NFL and you're in you're a good play, you know, you're you're a valuable player. So uh, that term just gets, gets thrown around too much. So Fris, Frisman Jackson will, will uh, you know, getting more out of Chase Claypool. I, I think that's what the people want out of him. I mean, uh, again, the numbers have been okay thus far. Again, 121 catches for 17 and over 1700 yards and 11 touchdowns. Those numbers are fine. Um, you know, he's averaged over 15 yards a catch or almost 15 yards a catch. Again, in today's NFL, that's that's really good. Um, but his athletic profile, uh, once you you look at it, you you just want more out of him. And so, you know, I think that's the expectation. And you want him to be more polished. Uh, you want him not to leave his feet every time, you know, there's a, a pass down the field. You don't want him taking some of the dumb penalties that he's taking. You don't want him signaling for a first down, uh, you know, with the clock ticking late in the game as he did in Minnesota. Those little things, teaching him how to be a more polished football player. That's what Frisman Jackson's main task is going to be. Uh, for Terrell Austin, it's going to be fixing that run defense. Plain and simple. And I'm sure the Steelers will address that in free agency. I'm sure they'll address it in the draft. Uh, we'll you know find out here in the next couple of weeks what happens with Stefan to it. Um, you know, the Steelers are going to move on from him. It's just, he still want to play football. There's a lot to, to, to sift through with that Stefan to it situation. Um, but, you know, Terrell Austin stepping into the defensive coordinator role. I know people look at that as well, just another lazy internal hire. All these guys were hired from somewhere else at some point. The Steelers don't have a coaching, uh, you know, a, a coaching store that, that, you know, where they build these coaches at on the North shore somewhere, these guys all came in from somewhere else and they've been groomed to be the coordinators as was, and this was the case with Terrell Austin. So, you know, that, that was the, uh, the situation there. He was the leading candidate all along and he steps into the job. So I, I, I have no problem with that hire. I think it's a good hire. Um, you know, I, and I'm, I'm a guy that wasn't necessarily, I wasn't on board with the Matt Canada hire to begin with. I, you know, I, I didn't think that, uh, you know, that was necessarily one year as a, as a quarterback's coach at the NFL level does not get you ready to call plays at the NFL level, but he's our, he's our offensive coordinator and they got to get him uh, up to speed. They've got to give him an opportunity to run his offense, which they didn't have uh, last year with Ben Roethlisberger. So that's stuff that will all take care of itself here. Uh, over the next couple months. Um, finally, uh, we saw T.J. Watt named the uh, NFL Defensive Player of the Year at the NFL Honors uh, Dinner. Uh, should not dinner, but uh, event Thursday night <clears throat> in Los Angeles. 
no real surprise there. I mean, I think he was well-deserving of that. The interesting thing about that is now the Steelers have now had eight winners of that award in their history. No other, no other franchises have more than four. Uh, that, that's just, if you think about that, they've had twice as many NFL defensive players of the year as any other team in the league. So <clears throat> that speaks well for the Steelers. Of course, uh, Joe Green won that twice, 1972 and 1974. Mel Blunt won it in 75. Jack Lambert won it in 76. How about that? Uh, four out of five years, the Steelers won that award, 72, 74, 75, and 76. Uh, Rod Woodson won it in 93, James Harrison in 2008, and then Troy Polamalu in 2010. Of those guys, Green, Blunt, Lambert, Woodson, and Palomalu are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Harrison is not yet eligible for the Hall of Fame, nor is Watt at this point. But Watt is certainly on that trajectory. I mean, if you look at it, he's the third fastest player to 70 sacks in NFL history. Uh, only Reggie White, who did it in 56 games. Of course, Reggie White was also coming out of the, uh, uh, you know, he'd, he'd been in the USFL. So he's a little bit more <clears throat> of, a, of a polished player by the time he got to the NFL. J.J. Watt uh, did it in 75 games. T.J. Watt did it in 76 games. And you just wonder, you know, had the Steelers, remember they moved him from the right side to over the left tackle, his where he played his rookie year, over to the right side, uh, over the right tackle, uh, his second year. You wonder if they would have done that right out of the gate, if he would have been even more effective. Because when since they've moved him over there, he's been he's had double digit sack numbers every year. He's just get teams get better and better at twenty seven. Um, you know, we still I don't know if he still he reached his peak yet, um, which is kind of scary. I mean, he could have had twenty five sacks this year if he played every game. Um, just a tremendous football player. I've covered uh, Woodson's in 93. I covered Harrison in eight, 2008, Troy Palomalu in 2010. And Watt's season was more dominant than each one of those ones. Now, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I was four years old when uh, Green had his first Defensive Player of the Year award in, in 72. So, I, you know, I don't, I don't remember much about those. I was eight when Lambert won his in 76. Um, so, you know, I can't, re you know, necessarily say that, uh, I remember those years at all, other than looking at the stats and things. But Watts' season might have been the most dominant season in Steelers history uh, for a defensive player. Think about that. I mean, this this is a team that's had really great defensive players over the course of their of their uh, franchise history, and he might have had the best year. He already has seventy two sacks in his career. If you look at that, Harrison leads the the, the his team historically in sacks with 80.5. Jason Gilden uh, is, is second with 77. Remember, the sack didn't become an official statistic until 1982. Pro Football Reference has actually gone back and looked at the sack numbers, uh, you know, from previous, before, prior to 1982. Greenwood's credited with 78, and Green had 77 and a half. Um, so TJ Watt is fifth all-time on the team's sack list if, if those numbers are included. But if he just has – he should reach – he should break the team sack record at his current rate uh, of getting sacks sometime around midseason next year. He, again, he has 72. Harrison has 80 and a half. 
Um, I realize they throw the ball more now than they did certainly in the seventies. Um, not that much more though than when, than when James Harrison was playing. In fact, Harrison and Watt played together. Watt's one of the reasons why Harrison, uh, you know, wanted out of Pittsburgh because he wasn't getting on the football field because the Steelers are playing Bud Dupree and TJ Watt instead of him. Um, so, you know, I, I think uh, TJ Watt well on his way to a Hall of Fame career, uh, well on his way to uh, breaking the, the team's uh, sack record again. That will, that will probably happen next year. Well on his way to establishing himself as perhaps being the best defensive player in the league right now. I think he, there's certainly he's in that argument. I know everybody talks about Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's great. Fantastic. Um, but, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Watt is certainly right there with him. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, how he how he can continue to progress here. Can he stay healthy? All the things that, that, that fall into that, that play into the, to being a great football player. But uh, he's certainly there right now. Um, some other uh, things, uh, news and notes there. Cam, Hay- Cam Hayward uh, was the Steelers nominee for the uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. He didn't win that once again. But, uh, again, he does great work with the charity stuff. Uh, obviously, an all-pro player. And maybe potentially a Hall of Famer himself. Uh, he's certainly on that trajectory because, as we saw last night, um, or I should say uh, Thursday night, the Hall of Fame class was announced, and uh, 49ers, former 49ers defensive tackle Bryant Young and uh, former Patriots and Raiders defensive tackle Richard Seymour made the cut. And I was in the room. Both of those guys were, were up for votes. Um, in fact, all, all five of the guys, uh, it was Tony Baselli, Bryant Young, Leroy Butler, Richard Seymour, and Sam Mills. All five of those guys were on the ballot when I presented uh, Troy Palomalo and Alan Fanica a few years back uh, at the Hall of Fame. And so I had to vote on those guys. I'll be honest with you. Sam Mills of the final 15 was the first guy that I eliminated in my voting. I'm like, okay, he good player, not a Hall of Famer. So I eliminated him from the from the get-go. Leroy Butler wasn't far behind that. Now, I did vote for Richard Seymour that year. Uh, I didn't vote for Baselli. I didn't vote for Young, but I, I could see where both of those guys could get in. Uh, but it's tough for defensive tackles because a lot of times they don't have the, the big sack numbers. Aaron Donald's the outlier there in terms of sacks. Uh, a lot of these guys don't get big sack numbers and things of that nature. Um Young and, and Seymour were really respected players who were really good players on good football teams. Cam Hayward may have a, an argument there because those guys get in. His numbers, if you look at the, his career numbers, right there with the guys like Bryant Young and Richard Seymour, and he's starting to rack up those all-pro votes. And those really matter. The all-pro the all-pro voting really matters uh, when you start talking about um, Hall of Fame voting because there's only one of that team. You get your first, you know, you, you, so – you know, the Pro Bowl votes are nice and all those things, but they're, they're, not, they're not held in the same uh, high standard or high, uh, as, as being all pro. So, you know, Hayward, if he can continue to, to play at a high level and, and, you know, getting a couple more all pro uh, teams under his belt, we'll have a pretty good shot of uh, perhaps getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Well, they do all that stuff during Super Bowl week. Uh, and they do that for a reason because it's, it's a big game. I'm going to talk about that big game when I come back. You're listening to the Dale Lolly Show here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports uh, Podcast Network. 
welcome back. And, uh, well, the game is going to be played this weekend. It's the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. I honestly think, you know, when I look at this game, to me, it comes down to a battle in the trenches and who's going to win that. And to me, again, I think that favors the Rams in a big way. Uh, the Bengals have been a great story this year. They've been a lot of fun uh, for people to, to jump on the bandwagon. And uh, Joe Burrow is a, a, the hot young quarterback, all that stuff. You know, J- Jamar Chase won the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. A lot to like there with the Bengals moving forward. But the Rams are where the ba- the Rams are the Bengals where the, the Bengals hope to be three or four years from now. They went to a Super Bowl just a few years ago. They were re- a rebuilding team. Um, obviously, you know, they, they lost that previous Super Bowl, but they got some experience doing it. And I just think that, that uh, this might be their year. Uh, they're four-point favorites in this game. And, and again, I, I really don't know that that Bengals offensive line is going to be able to block Aaron Donald and Von Miller and, and the guys that that the Rams are going to throw at them. I mean, you know, teams with good offensive lines struggle block, blocking that uh, that defensive front. I just don't know that the Bengals are going to be able to do it. I think if you look at this, if you broke it down position by position, um, I think the wide receivers are a wash. Uh, I actually give the Rams a slight edge at quarterback with Matthew Stafford over Burrow, just based on the experience factor that, that Matthew Stafford has. Uh, the, the offensive line is a big advantage for the Rams uh, running back. I would give the, 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 the Bengals a slight advantage. Uh, I like the, the stable of backs that the Rams have, but Joe Mixon's the best back in this game. Um you roll that over to the defensive side. The Rams have a huge advantage on the defensive front. Um, maybe give a slight edge to the Bengals at linebacker, but I think the Rams secondary is better. Um, you know, they've got, they've got the best player on that side of the ball uh, in the secondary. Um, so there's a lot of stuff here that, that favors uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, I think they win this. And I, I don't know that it's going to be super close. In fact, I, I picked a 27-17. Um, you know, I think Cooper Cup matched up uh, in the slot against Mike Hilton is going to be a big issue for the uh, for the Bengals. I don't know that that Hilton is going to be able to to cover Cooper Cup uh, consistently one on one. And you just the, the one thing you know the thing that Mike Hilton does best is blitz. You don't blitz Joe Burrow. Or I'm sorry, you don't blitz Matthew Stafford. He was number one in the league against the blitz this year. He had a quarterback rating against the blitz of 138 uh, this year. He just eats it up. And a large part of that is because he just throws the ball to Cooper Cup. So if you're going to blitz Mike Hilton, who's covering Cooper Cup? And I just, he's such a good player. He's such a good, precise route runner. And he and he and uh, uh, Stafford are just on the same page so much. And again, I just don't know that, if you think about back to that game that the, the Bengals won against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, um, that was an outlier. Burrow was sacked nine times in that game. They couldn't block Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons was, was you know, just blowing plays up left and right. Uh, the problem was is that, is that Ryan Tannehill threw three interceptions in that game. Well, I don't think that Matthew Stafford, certainly he's capable of doing that, uh, as every quarterback is. 
but I don't know that he's going to do that in this game. I think they'll scheme some things up and really get after the the Bengals. Um, I just, I again, I don't know how they block that front, and and it, this could be this could look very much like last year's Super Bowl, where the Kansas City Chiefs couldn't block uh, for Patrick Mahomes, and he didn't have time to make any plays. I think that could happen to Burrow in this game. And I think he could, you know, it, it, you're not going to be fortunate to get away with that twice. I think, you know, when, when he was sacked nine times in that game against the Titans. You don't typically win those games. Those are games that you lose. And so if that happens in this one, um, they're in trouble. I, I think the, the Bengals are in trouble. I think, you know, again, I, I have the, the the Rams winning this 27-17. Um, I think the Bengals are on the right track. They still have to rebuild that offensive line. That's going to be a little more difficult for them because, you know, the difference here now for the Bengals, everybody's talking about, well, the Bengals are, you know, they're the team to beat. They still have to fix that offensive line. And now all of a sudden you're picking 31st in the first round. You're not picking third or first or fifth where you get the number one guy on the offensive line or number one guy, whatever position you want to take. Now now your scouting department comes into play a little bit. They're typically for the Bengals, they're used to their first pick uh, or their second pick is going to be where typically their first pick or their, their first pick is going to be at this year. Usually they're picking at 37 in the second round or something like that. They're going to be picking at 31 or 32 this year. A little tougher to rebuild that in that fashion. So you got to spend the, the, the free agency money on that. And, you know, I, I just don't know that guys are going to necessarily want to go to Cincinnati. Um, you know, there still are in, in terms of facilities and things of that nature, they're still well behind the rest of the league. Anyways, that's, that's a you know subject for a different day. Uh, but I like the Rams to win this game again, 27, 17. Uh, we'll see if that works out, but, uh, that's going to do it for the Dale Lally show here on the DK Pittsburgh sports network. Um, you can like the show here on uh, Apple, Spotify, however you listen to it, give us a like, give us a, you know, comment on it. Uh, that helps out all of our shows here on the uh, network. Uh, we appreciate you listening. I certainly appreciate you listening. I'll be back next week to start talking more about the offseason. We'll start breaking down some free agency, things of that nature. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's show. Um, appreciate you listening. Talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.